You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack Podcast Quarantine Zone. I know we've been gone for a little while. I uh, it's been it's been uh, just a little bit over a week. I needed to take a week off, uh, as you might have heard on the Thunderquack Podcast. I uh, I actually ended up uh, hurting my back. I think from sitting at the desk too much and doing too much podcasting, too much working, um, and not enough, uh, uh, getting out and, and trying to stay healthy. So, um, so I decided that we were going to take a week off. So we did. The other thing you might be noticing is that we never did a live stream for this one. Uh, we are not going to do the live streams anymore. We are, uh, uh, it was, it was difficult to schedule. And then, uh, having, you know, three or four people in the audience, although like, I love having those three or four people to interact with. Um, like that was really good. Uh, it's, uh, it just didn't make sense. It just kind of wasn't worth worthwhile to do that. So, um, so we're, we're going to kind of pivot with the quarantine zone a little bit and, uh, I just kind of focus a little bit more on, uh, I, one guest a week and, and, um, and we're going to do them pre-recorded and, and just release them on the podcast stream. Cause that's how everybody's listening anyways. Uh, but, uh, uh, this week I've got, uh, a, a very special guest, uh, in my in my opinion, I don't, I don't know how you guys will feel about it because he's just he's really just my friend, uh, but he's gonna give us some insight into a couple of things and we're gonna talk about some dad stuff. But uh, I'm very excited to have Matt Campbell back on. Actually, this is your first time on Thunderquack, right? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> we did we did we did an episode. Gosh, last year when. When Galaxy's Edge opened, right? Yeah, I but that, like. but that would have been that would have been um, Rebel Cells, I think. Yeah, that was Rebel Cells. That wasn't Thunderquack. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 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 your first time your debut on Thunderquack. So maybe uh, some of the people from the Quiver uh, uh, realm might not might not be familiar with you. I. Uh, I'll give a little brief introduction. Matt is a listener to uh, to the Star Wars podcast um, from, I don't know, I guess like pretty much day one, right? Yeah, I uh, randomly found you <laughs> yeah. early on. And uh, back when there were only like 12 podcasts on iTunes, so it was easy to find them. Um, I, and I, 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 I can remember back to like, like 2010. Uh, in fact, like every once in a while, Facebook will give me the reminder of like things that you posted to my wall. Um, and it was just like, he's just like this weird guy that listened to the podcast and really liked to interact, really liked to, to, to send me messages and theories and, and, uh, before it was cool before, before it was cool. Was yeah. And, uh, I, this was, uh, did, were you ever on the message board? Were you, were you in there? Ah, geez, that's a good question. I mean, I think so. Because we had that, wa- we had the the front lines uh, uh, message board way back in the day, with the I Geek Out loud, loud message board as part of it. I think. 
Um, yeah, because I was on there million years ago. and I, I just didn't interact that well. I, I wasn't a big message board guy. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, I, then, uh, I guess like in 2010, Crystal and I went to Disneyland for our honeymoon and, uh, and I think it might've been after that, like when we got home and posted pictures that you were like, Hey, next time you're here, you need to, you need to let me know. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. Uh, whatever, man. Uh, you're a weird person on the internet. I'm totally going to do that. Uh, and then I, I, in 2012, we went to Celebration and we went to Disney World. So we didn't end up, we, we hadn't had any plans to go back to Disneyland. In 2014, we decided to go to Disneyland. And uh, and and I think I might have mentioned it on, on one of the podcasts uh, or I posted about it on Facebook and you were like, Hey man, when you get here, seriously, hit me up. I, uh, I like, let me know when you're coming and, and whatnot. And, uh, and, and I was like, oh, okay, all right. And you're like, no, no, no. I'll like, I, 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 I like hook you up with some, uh, with some special treatments. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, okay. This might be worthwhile. <laughs> so on that trip, I did two things in 2014. I, we met, Tim, Crystal and I met Tim Jurassi for the first time in person. Um, Me too. And then, and then we also met you for the first time in person. And with both of them, I can remember traveling down and saying to Crystal, like, I don't know how this is going to go. This could be, this could end up being super awkward. And like, and we might, we, I, I really hope we don't end up with like a clinger. I, uh, I, and, uh, you know, it's like, like, I kind of know these guys from online and obviously Tim does all the stuff with, with front lines, but, uh, I, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> and, uh, thankfully Tim's a wonderful human being. Uh, and we had dinner with him, uh, and, uh, and, and it was a great time. Um, and we had a lot of fun. Uh, and then, and then we met you, and, uh, and, and thankfully, like the first time that we met you, you came and you met us, uh, the, the first night that we were in Disneyland on that trip and you brought Jason with you. Yes. I, I brought a toddler. Yeah. As an icebreaker. <laughs> and that was definitely, I, that was definitely the smart move on your part. Cause it was like, okay, well he can't be that weird if he's like bringing his kid to Disneyland and you know, like to come hang out with us. And we watched the parade together and, uh, and, and hung out for a little bit. And, and I remember getting back to the hotel that night and saying to Crystal, like, thank God, he's a normal person. <laughs> like, thank God, he's just a normal, cool dude. And you, uh, you did get us uh, some pretty great seats to the fireworks. Uh, I think like the next night or something like that. Um, yeah. And uh, I, and and you, you always make sure that we're uh, we're taken care of when we come down to uh, to the happiest place on earth. Um, and so I am eternally grateful for that. Uh, which is just a nice perk of having done the podcast and have somebody who works at Disneyland who who uh, who's a fan, but uh, but since 2014, it's like you're not a fan anymore. Um, it's uh, uh, over the subsequent trips to Disneyland and obviously talking online, uh, you're one of my best friends now. So uh, it's it's it that's the real perk now is like oh well one of my one of my best friends works at disneyland it's not a big deal every once in a while he sends me some cool stuff and uh, <laughs> when we're down there he's he always makes sure that that uh you know we know what's up and uh and the best stuff to do 
but I, I, <laughs> um, Crystal just texted me to tell me that I'm talking too much, but I can't be talking too much because she can only hear my side of the conversation. So right. she hears how long I talk for and then doesn't hear the other side of it. Um, and so she only you, hears you when I'm talking and then when show. I'm quiet. Sorry. I said you are the host of the show. I am so. the host of the show. <laughs> and I think that I'm giving you a pretty nice introduction to the people who might not know you yet. So that's what I'm going to say. Like, I'm not talking too yes. much. I'm talking the right amount. Because um, this is just me <laughs> telling everybody who listens to the podcast how much I appreciate you and what a great person you are and all that stuff. So it's just a love fest. Uh, but yeah, like that's that's been the best thing. And... and in the context of everything that's happening right now and with, you know, like the reason why I'm doing the quarantine zone podcast and all of that stuff is, is I, I am fortunate enough that some of my best friends on the planet, uh, I, I only talk to online, uh, with the exception of like the, the rare occasion when I get to see them, which is usually at a star Wars celebration. We'll talk about that in a minute. I, <laughs> I, but, uh, yeah. So like, I mean, I have it scheduled to talk to, to cranky every week, right now while we're going through clone wars four weeks left of that that episode by the way ridiculous i'm gonna say this one more time it's not the last time i'll say it but i'm gonna say this one more time for everybody in the back who's not who's not paying attention perk your ears up listen up if you are not watching star wars the clone wars you're a straight up dumb dumb that's all there is to it it is one of the best television shows ever made I I don't care animation Star Wars uh, sci-fi genre I don't care it's one of the best TV shows ever um, and yeah it's got peaks and valleys for sure but uh, man the peaks are some of the highest highs you'll ever get Ooh, in a TV this show this week's episode is a whew, a peak man this week's episode thus far we got three episodes left thus far this week's episode probably the best episode of the entire series um, and and the animation on it is just the best there's been so far it's mind-blowing it's ridiculous how good it is there are some shots that are direct references to revenge of the sith because we're coming right up to uh to the events of revenge of the sith like this episode basically butts right up against that time and there are some shots of some of the other jedi on the other planets uh that aren't part of the story that we're that that this arc deals with and when you see those screenshots scrolling past on, on Twitter, you can't tell them apart from the movie. Um, and I was saying that on, on, on one Twitter thread today, Grievous looks better on the clone wars than he <laughs> like in, in his one shot than he did in revenge of the Sith. He lo- like just the, the, the way that they lit him and the, and the, the, the model and everything, like he just looks fantastic. Um, but I, I, uh, man, how did I get? Oh, uh, yeah, Crinky. So I'm talking to him every week. I'm talking to Amanda every week, obviously. So that's that's nice. That's covered. But uh, but I wanted to make sure that I was making time to uh, to check in with with uh, my other friends all over. Uh, I, don't, I guess all over the world. I get I get I have to make some time and and get somebody on here who's not uh, in North America. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll figure that out. on the out. West Coast. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so that's really, that's the whole reason that I'm doing this is to stay connected with friends and then, you know, we can, we can throw a little bit of entertainment everybody's way at the same time. So tonight, Matt and I are going to talk about, uh, we're going to touch on three things. We're going to, we're going to talk about, um, because you work at Disneyland, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what that's been like over the last, uh, month and a bit. Um, we're going to talk about 
the cancellation of San Diego Comic-Con and what that's probably going to mean for other things, such as Star Wars Celebration. Uh, and then we're going to talk about a great television show that is near and dear to both of our hearts, <laughs> Bluey. Uh, so we're, we're going to get into all three of those things. This might end up being a long episode. Um, it might. <laughs> but uh, let's, start, let's start with Disneyland. Let's talk about that. Um, so you work in custodial at Disneyland, right? I, I am now my, I have, I have been in custodial for, um, 18 years now. Um, and I started as a sweeper and now I'm a, an operations manager with the department and have been for almost two years now. My how time, time flies, right? Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. And it's, it's kind of a weird thing because had you asked me, I think literally up until the day, cause you and I talk almost every day and, yeah. and we were talking about like, what's going to happen with Disney. And I, I, I'm sure you can scroll back in your messages and find me going, Disney isn't going to close. If they close, that's when you start worrying. And, and right up until, yeah. you know, a month ago, I was like, we're not closing. And then they were like, oh, we're closing. And I went, what? <laughs> like, wait a minute this it just got real like that we're closing because i would just i as i i always kind of say like it'll be a cold day in hell pardon my language before disneyland closes its gates to guess yeah at all and then it was just like oh this is a real thing and then for me it well for like everyone is like well what does that mean for us right like thousands of people are employed you know who's who is essential who isn't essential and and thank goodness uh for the for the first month of it um my team was essential and and we've been there because the park still operates there's still um you know offices and stuff and Mm -hmm. and while the vast majority have have gone to work from home you know we have um, a a security team that has to be there yeah um and so to make sure that things are secure. (laughs) Um, and we have other resort, you know, departments that while have slimmed down, still have to have somebody at least there to oversee, to make sure that, you know, the right button is pushed at the right time or the right Mm -hmm. enter key is hit at the right time. So, well, yeah, even, uh, even down to stuff like the rides, like you can't, you can't, it's like leaving a car in like just parked, right? You can't just leave a car parked indefinitely, because when you go back to to turn that car back on, something's it not going to go start. right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure like there's there's lots of upkeep and stuff that still has to happen, and so much of the park is exposed to the elements that mm-hmm. that uh, I you know like it's, life life goes on whether whether human beings are there or not. You don't want. Uh, you don't want to come back to a Disneyland that's that's uh, that's been derelict for for a couple of months because God knows what that that's going to end up being. Like, but well, it's it's kind of it's a weird thing. I was there the first. I was on property the first few days after the closing, and so were so were the majority of my 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 cast, my crew, um, and we were just you know we were essentially just closing up shop, right? Like putting things away. Um, you know, making sure stuff wouldn't get damaged by the weather and just kind of getting things in order and cleaned up and, 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 um, getting ready for what we call the hibernation. Um, and so, and then after, I think it was like two or three days, they were like, yeah, okay, well, 
now we're just going to have everybody work from home and we'll pay everybody and, and just stay home. And, you know, let's hope this, this thing ends quicker, you know, sooner than later. And then as we know, this was a month ago now, you know, and mm-hmm. God, if you'd ever, if you'd ever asked me if Disney was going to be closed for over a month, like, a, you know, it was, it's a crazy thought to think yeah. just as much as closing its gates. Um, but, um, so yeah. And, and I was, uh, I, we, my team, we, we had been kind of shuffling with uh, a person on site. So I had the opportunity to be on site, um, last week, late last week. And it's, it's crazy weird because we've been getting a lot of rain and, and spring has sprung. So mm-hmm. the park, the park was gorgeous with, all of nature just blooming and the flowers and the typical stuff you see every day. Yeah. But, but when you're literally like the only person walking around in the park and seeing these things, it's a real surreal moment. Um, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing, but you could tell how quickly like nature had retaken. I mean, you see this just out everywhere, but like yeah. even Disneyland where we have ducks and geese and, and cats and, and, and plants and of all, you know, like nature took back real quick and just was like, the ducks are just laying in the middle of this main street. It's their property now. And, you know, it's just like, um, but it's, and, and, but at the same time with, with weather and, and spring and blossoms and, and all that stuff, like the park is looking more dirty than I think ever and it's not dirty there's just a lot of debris yeah. right and it's it's tree debris and tree dust and and pine needles and yeah and flower petals and it's just like there's it's, really nobody it's the, yeah it's the stuff that's in everybody's backyard all of the time right that like right. That you got to get out there and you got to clean in your backyard every once in a while um but we don't think about it in terms of something like disneyland because uh your team does such a good job uh on right. on a regular basis i mean like i I've said for forever, uh, since the first time that I went to Disneyland, even before you and I were really friends, uh, that, that first time that I went with Crystal, the, the biggest takeaway for me was like, you walk out and on that trip, we also went to Universal, right? And we were kind of comparing the two because we, we had done like five days in Disneyland and then uh, – or maybe four days in Disneyland and then we did our one day at Universal and then we were coming back to do two more days at Disneyland. And I can remember um, on the way back saying to her – uh, like what a difference it was at Universal versus Disneyland. And then especially once we were back in the park, we were back in Disneyland um, at California Adventure. It was like the, the, the difference is that like this place is pristine, right? Like the, like it's very you have to go out of your way to find the cracks in the facade. I think the last time that I was there uh, in in what was that? Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, the yeah. the the only part of the park that that I walked into and I was like, well, this needs a re- little bit of a refurb was uh, was uh, Minnie's house in Toontown uh, and Mickey's house maybe a little bit as well, but like I think Toontown kind of needs a reinvention in general, in my opinion. But um, but it was like the one place where I was like, yeah, that paint's looking a little bit, and it's it was probably like a like 
at the end of its cycle of like, okay, now we got to go in and, and, and deal with that. Right. But like when you go to universal, it's better now. Cause now they've got the Harry. This was 10, 2010 was when I went, they've got Harry Potter. They've got, um, they just redid the Jurassic park ride into Jurassic world. And apparently it's fantastic. Um, they, they've, they've refurbished a lot of universal in California, but, um, when we were there, it was like, like the, the, I can remember saying to crystal, the stegosaurus on the Jurassic park ride. It's like the, like the difference at Disneyland is like, you're going through on the, on the train. Right. And there's that part where it's like the, the primeval world. And it's like the dinosaurs are the least scientifically accurate. Like they, they're, it's definitely like a 1960s version of what, they thought dinosaurs were right. Which is very different from our modern, modern understanding. And yet um, it's done so well and it's been maintained so well that you're like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty rad. And then you go to the Jurassic park ride and it's like, these are supposed to be the most, you know, like uh, up to date, uh, uh, sophisticated, um, like based on the, the, you know, the number one dinosaur franchise ever. Um, and the stegosaurus, like when its head would move, it would kind of like, it kind of had a shake to it. Right. Like that, like that mechanical stutter where it's like, you could see that it's just rubber over a metal frame and you're like, that's not real. Right. Whereas at Disneyland, like you, you forget sometimes that, uh, that that's not Mickey mouse when you you've you've just spent 20 minutes circling like like in the circuitous route through his whole house which the layout of mickey mouse's house is the most ridiculous thing in the world it's really not whoever the architect was just a a a a crazy person but i guess he lives in a cartoon world um but you go through all of this and you stand in line and you're watching mickey mouse cartoons and then you finally get to go see him you go. You actually you stand in a line watching cartoons to go into another room, which is just another line, uh, and then and then you get to go in and meet the man himself, uh, and uh, and you forget in those moments because there's been so much build up to it, and because from the time that you saw him in the parade and the time you saw him walking around uh, outside and 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 this thing and that thing and the the magical map thing, like the performance is so consistent throughout all of them that like. When you when you see Mickey and he's standing right next to you, you're like, "That's Mickey Mouse," right? Like you completely forget that that's a person in a costume, I, uh, I, uh, and that's like that's the biggest difference. Uh, but that cleanliness thing um, is like it. You can't sell the Mickey Mouse or the the you know like Big Thunder or or now like with the Star Wars stuff. Like you can't sell any of that stuff. If people are walking around and they're and they're like looking at the place and going like this place is dirty, except in the or places kick, where it's supposed to look a little bit dirty, but or kick or kicking stuff around. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's know, like it's, the the planning of like where the garbage cans are, where the bathrooms are, and like like that you you never have to look for anything. It's always kind of right there. Um, like that's the that's the thing, and and you guys uh, are such a big part of that. Um, so I, like I've said since then, like custodial is, is the unsung hero. Cause everybody will talk about the performers. Um, but, but to me, it's like, it, it's a difficult job, but it's a job that comes with a lot of prestige, right? I, I, 
that's what everybody wants to do. And you say, I work at Disneyland. They go like, oh, are you Mickey Mouse? And it's like, no, that's <laughs> some five foot tall lady <laughs> is Mickey Mouse. Uh, but uh, yeah, like you guys are the ones who really uh, make sure that the all of the hard work that everybody else is doing is front and center, right? And not like my experience at Universal Studios where it's like, like this place is so dirty and gross and and barren and there's nothing here like it's just i don't know it's awful i don't i'm not a big fan of universal i need we need to go back because we need to do the harry potter stuff but um maybe it's better now but uh in 2010 universal hollywood was not it was not worthwhile that was a wasted day for us oh yeah um, we went, we went, um, well, first, thank you for all the kind words about custodial. My, my team, the Disneyland custodial team in particular takes a lot of pride in what they do. Um, and they care. I think that's the big thing is that they, they not just have pride in what they do, but they care. Um, and they know that they are the unsung heroes and that, but the Walt, it was like Walt's dream. Like this was what Walt wanted a clean park. Like, yeah, that's that was his goal. Like, I want my park to be clean. And so it like, was one of we, the number one things. Right. He, right. he was like, it it's got to be a place where parents and kids can both have fun together. And it's got to not be gross like the right. like like Coney Island and like uh, like the pier and whatever. Right. Like like it's got to be it has to be that experience for sure because i don't know that it would be successful right yeah. like if it, or as successful as it is cuz it'd be like oh and you know we get people like yourself who who had never been to the park and who go man this place is really clean like i can hear it when i'm walking through the crowd and those are the yeah. moments where like it makes it all worth it right yeah. you know we there are days where we get swamped and 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 there are days where we have super messy crowds it's just it it it's the way the world works. But when I, especially the one that really gets me is when I hear a guest or a guest stops me and they go, I go to Disney world and I come here and your park is so much cleaner. And I go, well, mission accomplished job <laughs> done. We got, we got the, the win over Disney world on yeah. something. Um, or, or our experience here was so much better. And I go, thank you. I um, just on that subject, Disneyland over Disney World for me first of all every time Disneyland over Disney World and the reasons why are yes the cleanliness is part of it I do think that you guys do a better job uh, the food is better at Disneyland the food's way better at Disneyland um, and then I I I I prefer that everything is kind of closer everything's everything's a little bit more compact it can get a little bit crazy when it's busy um, because uh, there's not as much space for everybody to kind of move around but I mean like with Disney World they just pack more people in that's the that's kind of the thing there but but I like that you can get from Indiana Jones to the Matterhorn in like 10 minutes um probably less right like you probably you, if you if you really know you know like the right route to go and you can avoid any like sort of uh, congestion in in the crowds you probably get there in like five minutes right oh yeah whereas like oh, it, yeah. like you want to get from one part of of um of the magic kingdom in disney world to another so much bigger <clears throat> and then the 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 wayfinding like the the paths at at Disney or Magic Kingdom specifically are just like they're not there or like Epcot mm -hmm. like I Epcot drives me nuts I get the whole idea of the world showcase I understand what the point is but it's Florida 
And if you're there in, let's say, August, like I was when I went, I I don't want to be walking around a parking lot next to a lake for four, five hours, right? Like the World Showcase is so obnoxious because it's like some of them have no shade and like some of them have no buildings to go inside of. Um, and, And then to get from one world to the next world, they're not they're not actually connected. You have to come back out of this country and walk along a promenade to get into the next country. And it's like, it's, it's like 45 degrees and sunny. Like, I don't want to do this. It's <laughs> awful. I hate it. I, I do not like it. Um, and it, yeah. The, the, the best part is, is you haven't done Florida with kids. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And it was just crystal. And I, I like, this is one of those conversations that we have a lot is like, when are we going to go back to Disney world? Um, and I, I, there hasn't really been a reason, uh, up until they announced the, the star Wars themed hotel. Right. Uh-huh. So we're going to get back there once that opens. Um, uh, you know, uh, in, in, if it ever opens, cause the world has gone crazy. Um, and stopped working yeah, on it. But, uh, but whenever that happens, you know, we'll get around to it. But the idea of taking, uh, of taking Cassie there. I think Kara is getting to be old enough. Like, cause, cause we're talking about something that'll probably happen. We'll go back to Disney world in like probably two years. Um, mm-hmm. but for cat, like, cause Kara will be like, she'll be like almost six by that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cassie will be around two and a half, three, uh, and, uh, doing, doing one of those parks with, with a kid that small would just be torture. Um, yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine taking a kid younger than five to, to Disney world. Cause, cause it's so much walking. It's so much more walking. Like there are days at, at Disneyland where we'll go from like, Oh, I got to ride Indiana Jones. Cause I got to ride it every day. If it's open, I got to ride it at least once. Um, when, when I'm, when we're there, when we're in California and we've got a park hopper for that day, I have to ride it at least once. Thankfully, sometimes it's not a concern because that ride breaks all the time and is down for maintenance frequently. But so sometimes you don't get a choice, but I, I, it's like, you can go like, okay, well we're, but we're doing a California adventure day today. Okay. So we're in California Adventure, but I'm going to run over to Disneyland, <laughs> get in there, ride Indiana Jones, and then come back. It's not a big deal. I'll do that, and I'll be gone maybe 45 minutes. If you wanted to go from one park to another, it's a 45-minute oh. trip just to get to another park. Yeah. Right? Like I mean, can't I don't know park if we have time. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. They're de- I mean, they're definitely working on their, their – especially their – on property guest mm-hmm. transportation, you know, they've got the new sky bucket thing. Yeah. Um, and then the, the mini, the mini, the quote unquote minivans, um, which are just basically a Disney Uber. Um, but like, we, is it like, we, is it like branded like mini, like M I N N I E? Yes. Vans. Yes. Nice. <laughs> minivans. And they've got the, they've got the, the, the giant sticker, whatever thing on all the vans. Um, so they look like the, the polka dot, the mini polka dot. Yeah. Um, but, um, we, we went, gosh, I think Hunter, what, like probably two or three years ago, um, because my wife loves to go and, and with each kid, if, if, for those of you who don't know, I I have four kids now. 
Um, and with each kid, I seem to end up going there with one of them as a toddler. So we have to, we have a, a giant stroller in tow and, and, you know, 10 bags. And, and that's just to go to the park for the day. Cause it's just like, you, you gotta have everybody's snacks and you gotta have all this stuff and you've got to have changes of clothes just in case it's and rain ponchos. Cause it's Florida. Cause it rains every day. Um, but like getting from your hotel to the park is just a tedious 45 minute to an hour and a half nightmare. <laughs> if you're, if you're a parent with a stroller and a kid and a toddler, it's not fun. And, and typically, uh, at least for me, and I assume most parents, by the time you're to the park, you're so stressed out and already just over it. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just, you know, Florida, Florida is just a different beast. And, and it's great once you're in the park and everything's good and it's all spread out and you got space or, you know, but then, like you said, to go to another park is, is, is a tedious thing. And, and for safety reasons, kids can't stay in strollers while you're in transportation, you have to hold them. So now you've got this giant stroller that's folded plus the four bags over your shoulder and yeah. an infant in the other arm. And then there's, you know, five or six other groups doing the same thing. There's a couple people in electrical wheelchairs and, and, you know, just everybody's in a bad mood because it's <laughs> hot and humid and yeah, you know, it's Florida. <laughs> As opposed to a nice, beautiful, dry heat in, in California um, and everything just right there. Hey, hey, guess what? I can't find anywhere to eat in California Adventure that night. Uh, we can just pop over to, to downtown Disney and have dinner there. That's what Crystal and I did. Um, yeah. we were there last time cause we wanted to, to go to the, 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 whatever the, 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 that, the Italian place in California adventure that that's, uh, the, the wine country Trattoria thing or whatever it's called. I can yeah. never remember the name of it. It's my favorite place to eat down there, but, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, and it, they were super busy. I, I, we didn't account for how busy that trip was going to be. It was nuts. Um, and we didn't make a reservation. So they were like, yeah, uh, we got no tables left for the entire night. And we were like, okay, cool. I guess we're going to go someplace else. So we actually, we just like kind of called an audible and went, we'll just go to downtown Disney. Like there's like five places to eat over there. Like it's just right there. Whereas like, if you wanted to, to, get out of the park and go have like a, a, a somewhat nicer dinner. I mean, you're at a Disney resort and it's, you can't escape children screaming. It's just everywhere, but, um, especially if I'm around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, downtown Disney is at least a little bit better. And then like, what's it, it they changed it, right? It's Disney Springs now. Well, in, in Florida, it's Disney Springs. Yeah, in in, in Florida, uh, California, yeah. we're still downtown Disney, yeah. but um, but yeah, like Disney Springs is like another park away, basically, right? Like you not like it's not adjacent to anything, really. Oh no, it's not close to anything. It's yeah. like another forty-five minute bus ride or shuttle yeah. ride. Oh, it's just the worst. It's just the worst. Plus, you're in Florida, <laughs> like. I yeah. Anyways, um, we could go all night about this. Yeah, we could. We could. We could just just gripe about about uh, Florida versus versus California. Um, but uh, I, we do want to get back eventually. But but it's not uh, not high on the list at the moment. That's for sure. Um, but uh, like we were. 
planning a trip. <laughs> We've even booked a hotel already. Uh, and it was a very big deal because we're going to stay at, uh, at, at um, Paradise Pier, which is one of the actual Disneyland resort hotels. Um, and, uh, and Amanda is coming with us and like, it was, it's a whole thing. And obviously it, it, uh, coincides with star Wars celebration. And, uh, I, that's in August. It's the end of August. So yes. there's still, there's still the sliver of hope that, that things won't have to be canceled and that we won't have to completely, um, uh, reschedule and figure out a different time to come. But I, uh, here's the thing. Even if Star Wars Celebration is going ahead, even if um, even if Disneyland is back open and operating by then, um, there's no guarantee that travel bans are going to be lifted, right? That to or me is the what? biggest thing that no one's accounting for right now. People are still thinking about the the virus itself and you know whether or not we flatten the curve by then. I think I do think that they if you look at where the numbers are at right now on the West coast, that's British Columbia all the way down, um, down to you guys and past you guys, like, like the West coast has done a very good job. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and (laughs) and we don't need to get into all the politics of Trump and all that stuff right now, but (laughs) the, the stuff that he said today, uh, very scary rhetoric coming from someone who's supposed to be uh, leading the country and uniting people in a time like this. I, I, you guys, your, uh, your government, your local governments uh, have done, I think the, the best job that they can. Right. Um, And, and some areas were a little bit slower in in reacting to it than others. But, um, but I think that overall, I, certainly in the u.s um you like california's done the best job i think <clears throat> of yeah, we flattening were, the curve so we were definitely one of the first ones to like hey yeah. this is gonna be a problem everybody stay home yeah. like we were and and you know but we're also one of the you know we've got more people like we're you know you know we talked earlier about arizona like you know there's three major cities in arizona maybe four Uh, i mean la alone probably has more than two of those combined and and la just leads into orange county or leads into pasadena which leads into riverside and and where i'm at and it's you know it's there's a lot of people crammed in that southern california as well as up in the bay area and, and you know so i think it was it was right that we did what we did as quick. I don't know that I don't know that I personally agree with curfews or whatever. That stuff doesn't really bother me, but um here in Southern California, I think we did everything that we could have done, but I don't think a lot of, you know, there was still a good amount of people who didn't take it serious. Yeah. You know, they just all acted like, "Well, hey, I'm getting paid to not go to work. What can I do with my free time?" Mhm. And it's like, no, 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 you missed that part where it was like, you need to stay home. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, go, go home. And, and I think by, it was funny cause uh, I, this story is so weird and, and you may, you kind of get it cause I talk about it all the time, but it was that first Monday where everything was closed. And, and I, I was just like, I, we didn't have anything in the house. So I was like, I'm going to do a burger run and I'm going to go to in and out and in and out typically is a half hour line to get through at the very least. 
And I pulled up to In-N-Out and there was one car in the drive-thru ahead of me. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a, this is a surreal moment. Not just walking around Disneyland empty, but you know, just being out and about in town. Mm-hmm. And that was when it, like everybody was like, whoa, what's going on? And like, we're not going out of our house. And that was kind of when everyone was kind of freaking out a little bit, but, um, I was just like, wow, I just, I just went through the in and out drive through in like five minutes and got, you know, everybody burgers and fries and, and all that stuff. And it was like, but you know, every day since then I've noticed more and more people are coming out, you know, they're, they've binged watched all their Netflix and they don't know what to do. So they're, they're going out. And then of course, you know, we want to, we want to keep money going into these places. So it's, you know, the whole thing about, you know, take out Tuesday, you know, go find a local business or local business Wednesday or whatever, the, whatever the thing yeah. is that they, um, so you, you want to try and keep places getting, you know, money coming in so they don't close, close up shop. But at the same time, like people, people were still out. It, 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 it baffles me when I see like groups of people out at like the park and stuff, like, we go out for our daily walks, but we avoid people. Like you see somebody coming down the same side of the street, you walk to the other side of the street and you just kind of go around them. And, and that's kind of the courteous thing. It's, it's kind of a weird thing. Cause you prior to this, it's like, Oh, you'd be polite to everybody and you say hi in, in passing and da, da, da. But now you like run to the other side of the street <laughs> to like, and you wave at each other from across the street or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's so a lot of people weren't listening you know, a lot of people listened, like you could see, you could tell, you could feel it out. And, you know, as I was driving to work, like I didn't, I, you know, I'll sit on the 91 freeway for 45 minutes trying to get <laughs> yeah. to Disneyland. And I went to work that those couple days and I was like, I didn't have to stop once. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> you know, and that's, it's that thing where like, you could get used to this, but you know, the world's ultimately going to go back to normal at some point. But like, yeah. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. So, like, so th- this is my thing is that is that I uh, I think that I think that we've all done a really good job of flattening the curve. I, I British Columbia, Vancouver specifically, hasn't really had many new cases over the last few days. Like, really over the last week, we're starting like it's there's been a uh, a steady decline um, in new cases. And that's great because that's exactly what we wanted to see. That's why we're all staying home. It kind of to your point, that's when people are getting a little bit emboldened to be like, well, it's not that big of a deal, so I can go out now. And it's like, no, 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 now is not the right time. We have to, we have to still kind of see this out. Like, it's, I think that there's a misconception that like we're doing this so that we can all not get infected. And the reality of it is that we're doing this so that we can control the pace at which people get infected, right? And the, the, there are only two scenarios where life goes back to normal. The first scenario is that, is that everybody ostensibly has already had it. Um, and so, you know, we've all built up immunity to it and it, and it's, and we can kind of go back to our daily lives. Cause, cause if you're immune to it, then you're not going to be a carrier. Um, there's still the risk of infection via like touching surfaces and stuff like that. But, uh, but at least you won't have, have the, the virus being as mobile as it is right now. The other scenario is, is, uh, that we develop 
uh, either an effective treatment so that when people do get infected, they can recover quickly and, and reliably and safely, or we have a vaccine. The vaccine's not coming for another probably like 17 months at this point, right? They said 18 months mm-hmm. a month ago. So I'm going to say it's probably we're at 17 months, but who knows? Maybe we're still at 18 months. And they're still not very far into that. Like, I mean, well, and it just, there's just no way to accelerate that process, right? Like, there are a lot of promising vaccines that are going into the study process now, but part of that study is a literal waiting game of mm-hmm. like, okay, we've given you the vaccine that we think works. Uh, so once you even, you've got to get to human trials at that point. And, and so you're at human trials, you've given somebody the vaccine. Now we got to wait and see, do you, do you get it? <laughs> right? Like, uh, it's not, it's not just a matter of, of, uh, Oh, we made, we made the thing and now everybody gets it. No, no, no. Like we got to find out like, d- does it work well? Is it effective in all cases? Like, it, is it effective across the board? Are there any side effects to this vaccine? Right? Yeah. Does it work on everybody? <laughs> does it work on everybody? Uh, like, is it gonna is it gonna cause problems for this, that, or the other thing? Right? Like, I, I, there's a lot of like there's there's a scientific process that has to go into this, and it's for everyone's safety. So these are not steps that you can skip. There is no easy way to deal with it the, i think the more promising road at the moment has to do with um with with reliable treatment methods because right now we don't really have a lot of uh, uh great treatments um for for people who are confirmed with, with it um there's there are some things that they can do but but obviously as we've seen in 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 china and in italy and and most recently in new york city um, it, it can overwhelm, uh, 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 a healthcare system very quickly because there's just not an effective way to, to it's not, there isn't a, there isn't a, a, a pill or, you know, like a, a drug regimen that you can put somebody on. That's just like, here, this is going to help you deal with symptoms. This is going to alleviate some of the risks that we just don't have that stuff yet. So a lot of it is actual like mechanical stuff like ventilators, uh, which, uh, like that's, it's, that's anytime you're intubated is going to be risky anyways. Right. Mm-hmm. So like there's, it's just such a difficult virus to deal with, but but, you know, like, I think that within the next year, we'll get to a place where where there will be treatments and there will be um, uh, ways of dealing with it. But but life is not going to go back to normal, I think, within the next 12 months. And I think anybody who's who's kind of waiting for things to go back to normal, uh, expecting that by August, uh, when Star Wars <laughs> Celebration is scheduled, that we'll be back to business as usual. Uh, it's that's it's that's a very. Uh, a ridiculous concept in my opinion and um, and celebration much like san diego comic-con is yeah. in the heart of anaheim yep. literally across the street from disneyland yeah uh it holds 40 to fifty thousand plus people in and of itself and it's sold out you yep. know and all those people plan to go to typically <laughs> i know mike you do yep and uh plan to go to disneyland after the events of the day at celebration. So yeah. you're adding 
40, 50,000 to the already 40, 50,000 who were at Disneyland for that day. Yeah. And, and that's, and just, that's basically capacity for you guys, right? Right. Like, and that's, that's, that's what yeah. they're telling us not to do. Yeah. Literally. And if, if like, you have, if you've ever been to a Disney park at capacity, um, capacity doesn't mean everybody is in there comfortably. <laughs> No, capacity means everybody's in there and it's relatively safe, I guess, if everybody's cool. (laughs) Like if everybody can just be chill, we'll all be fine. But if something went wrong with that, when that parks at capacity, God, I like 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 an earthquake or something like that, like a like a massive earthquake. That's a that's a scary prospect. Um, So because you you're shoulder to shoulder. Right. I want to clarify the scary part is the guest, not 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 Disneyland itself. We have, I just want to clarify. Yeah. We have, we have procedures to solve all those problems. No, for sure. Yeah. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the quote from men in black where it's like a person is an intelligent, rational, uh, whatever, but people are, are uh, nervous, anxious, you know, like stupid animal. Um, and that's what I'm talking about. And everybody is, is deservedly. So just trying to, to save themselves, their loved ones yeah, yeah, yeah. and to get out of there. Yeah. And, and that's while, yes, that's a good thing. It's also not the best thing for the mass, exactly. you know, like so, there's a, there's an amazing, uh, and just real quick, cause I yeah. know we're trying to get through this, but there's an amazing video from Tokyo Disney, um, that's out there from when they had that, the big earthquake yes. that caused Fukushima where, and we watch it. We we show it in our in our classes and stuff where everyone just sits down. All the guests just sat down. Yeah. And they were there for overnight. You know, we have, you know, Disney provides food and, and shelter and, and stuff in those circumstances. But everyone just sat. Down. And it was it, it yeah. was like the most beautiful thing. Like there's but that a, culture there, is also <laughs> also, you know, yeah. trained to deal with those things. Yeah, there, there's uh, there's some of that footage is in the Imagineering story on Disney plus. Oh, is um, it fantastic? Yeah. I haven't watched that yet. Yeah. Cause they, they talk about it. Cause it, cause the Imagineering story is such a great show. Uh, it go, it really goes through the whole history of, of the Disney parks all the way up to now. And one of the episodes has a, has a whole section that, that really focuses on what happened um uh with with that earthquake and 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 then the subsequent like sort of uh uh tourism fallout and everything that happened afterwards but uh but yeah i know exactly what you're talking about people people were were great but like you said like that's a culture that um is very well versed in that because they get regular earthquakes right um yeah california gets regular earthquakes but let me tell you, Disneyland, uh, the guests are not comprised of people solely from California at any given time. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I will say there are far too many annual pass holders in there at any at any moment, which are generally <laughs> Southern California residents. But uh, there's also a lot of people from all over the world and, and from all over the United States and Canada and North America and whatnot. So people who are not used to earthquakes that would be like, ah! <laughs> myself included, probably. But the whole point well, of the- what I was saying is that, like, can you imagine that situation and then we're all worried about staying six feet apart from one another. Right. Like it's just Disneyland is not, I just don't think it's tenable until we get back to a, a situation where, um, where people can, 
can safely uh, be in a lineup waiting for Radiator Springs racers, uh, I, you know, and we're less than a foot away from one another. Um, um, that, we're uncomfortably those... touching somebody's <laughs> thigh, you know. <laughs> those decisions are made far above me, and I for know sure. that they have been. They, I, I can safely say that those people at the top who are making those are plotting that and yeah. trying to figure it out how to get us back open sooner than later um are trying to figure that out but i mean for the average person if you think about it like how do you make that other than just making it like a hundred people in the park at one time like yeah. how do you yeah yeah and i think i like i, I don't know i i can I can see a reality where um, when things calm down a little bit, although now they're starting to say a lot of the experts are saying that this might end up being more of a seasonal thing and that it might flatten the curve. Now it'll die down and then life will kind of resume a little bit. People will start to go back to work and that sort of thing. Um, And then that will give a, it will end up with a second wave in like October, November. Yeah. Um, early or early December, late November is when we get flu season here typically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's when I think they're, that's when they're even kind of saying it started anyway, that they're the yeah. early numbers are in November, but, um, yeah, I mean, if we can get open for the summer season and then, you know, deal with, I guess, deal with it as, uh, as we're dealing with it week by week right now, if it comes back around, yeah. it comes back around. I think, uh, but I, I think that what you'll see when the park does reopen um, whether it's in the near future or in the, in the further, <laughs> more distant future. Um, I think you'll see a lot of people in the park with masks on, um, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting thing because that's technically against policy right now. Like mm-hmm. that's something that you guys are going to have to adapt to. Um, yep. I, which is like you said, like the people that are way above your pay grade that are making those decisions that I think that's the sort of thing that they're probably examining right now. And that's the sort of thing where it's like you get into that conversation, you start going like, but wait, if people are coming to the park, they're paying admission to come into the park. Are we going to tell, are we going to turn people away at the gate? Cause they don't have a mask. Right. Or yeah. does that now require us to have masks on premises? Right. Like, like, should we be selling them? Should we be giving them away? Is it okay to be selling them? If we sell them, are we doing that at cost or do we make some money off of it? Like there's, it's that's a long, difficult conversation. And I think some of the answers are, are even like just spitballing this. It's like, it's like, well, I think that most guests would expect that like, if there, if, if people are expected to wear a mask in the park that they would be provided um, and that it would be baked into the cost of, of a ticket. Right. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, it's like, if you go to, to Disney world, as we were talking about, it rains constantly. They don't give you a poncho, a rain poncho. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have a choice. You can either get a crappy, uh, one-time use plastic poncho, or you can definitely buy nice ponchos at Disney world with Mickey on them. <laughs> exactly. So, um, can I go into star Wars land and get a star Wars themed N95 respirator? <laughs> right. Because if I can, I want one instantly. That'd be really cool. There's not even a question of it, right? I also That'd be really cool. <laughs> I also want to go over into probably like like uh, Adventureland and get like a more like Indiana Jones jungle themed one as well, right? Like like just because when I go home, if I'm gonna keep using these things, right? Like so I, like 
what's the timeline on doing something like producing those masks again? Like, are, is that, is this a profitable enterprise or is this something that we're doing because we're concerned about safety? So are we not worried about a profit on this? Are we just going to kind of, you know, uh, run a tight margin on these just so that we're covering our costs? Like it's, it, I don't envy the individuals, uh, that, that are having to have these conversations because there isn't a right or a wrong answer at the moment. There are, some answers that are more right than others, but it's, it's, it's tough. Um, but you know, I do think that they, they, until there is a vaccine for this and until life can go back to normal, that if you guys do reopen, that it's going to have to be at reduced capacity, just kind of, it just has to be right. Um, Mm -hmm. and reduced capacity is a difficult thing because then that means that like, well, you're not bringing as much revenue. Um, are ticket prices going to go up in the interim? Like in the meantime, what do you do about annual pass holders? What, what do what, you do about the What do you do about the family who's traveled from Oklahoma? Yeah, like, and they drove all this way, and then, you yeah. know, they didn't get there till ten in the ten in the morning, and the park's already maxed out at whatever number it is. You know, those are things we have to consider. Yeah. yeah. So is know, it going to be is it going to be pre bought tickets only? And like and and right now, if you buy a a, a, a ticket for Disneyland, like I buy a di- ticket for Disneyland today, theoretically, hypothetically, I don't know if you guys are doing ticket sales at the moment, but <laughs> I uh, hypothetically, you could buy a ticket today, and that ticket has an eventual expiration date usually, especially if there's a promotion for it. Mm-hmm. But like, it's a pretty big window, right? Of like, yeah. I can buy, cause wh- what Crystal and I will do is we usually buy like a five day park hopper or something like that. Right. Um, depending on how long we're staying. And, and like when we went for, for our honeymoon, we did like the first four days that we were there, we went to Disneyland and then we did other stuff in between. And then we came back and did the other days and it's open. Like the ticket doesn't, isn't counted as used until you swipe in. Right. Um, is that going to have to change? Is it going to have to be a situation of I'm buying this ticket for a specific day because only people with tickets for specific days are going to get in. And that way you can control to the exact number, uh, in advance how many people are coming to the park. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but then that also means like, like reduced revenue, reduced, uh, attendance. It means probably reduced staff, right. Which isn't optimal for you guys. Cause it either means that people are working less shifts or some people continue to be furloughed until you're back up to full operation. So like, like I said, like these, these conversations are difficult. There's a, there's actually a lot of math. (laughs) that has to be done in order to figure out like what's the what's the number what's the break-even point where we can start opening back up and we're not losing money every day by being closed right and when is that going to be safe when is when is the governor going to say that that's safe obviously the president is saying do it now whatever (laughs) it's probably all fake anyways um because he's a real big dum-dum but thankfully you guys have a have a have an at least i don't know how smart your governor is but i but but at least he's he's being uh sensible um well i mean i have the i i'll just say i kind of have the same uh opinion of politicians as obi-wan does so Um, a, a, a totally reasonable place to be in. Um, um, yeah. Having said all that, 
to bring it back around, Comic-Con was canceled today. <laughs> yeah, Comic-Con was canceled today, which means that I think Star Wars Celebration isn't far off. Um, mm-hmm. But man, this is, it's a, it's un, it's unprecedented. In the 50 years that Comic-Con has been running, it's never been canceled. This is the first time in 50 years that there hasn't been a Comic-Con in San Diego. So I... Uh, is, it's, that's a big deal. It's a big deal, not just for Comic Con itself, but for the entertainment industry because right. everybody knows Comic Con has become like that's the place. You so many things are announced, revealed. We get our first trailer. We get this, that. It's all Comic Con, Comic Con, Comic Con, right? Like that's that's usually when we find out about about new movies and new TV shows, right? Um. Yeah. Without without that, I don't know. I don't know what a lot of these companies are going to do. Maybe they'll have to just figure out their own sort of online distribution method for for getting that news out there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Being kind of optimistic, as I always try to think of like the better end of this in the long run. I hope that Comic Con, whoever does all the planning or whatever for comic-con takes this opportunity to kind of make comic-con better because yeah. as big as comic-con is it is a dumpster fire like it is <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's uh, i went for years and years and years and each year that i went as it got bigger and bigger was getting worse and worse and and part of the problem is is a lot of the people who work there are volunteers and it's nothing against them, but the average person, especially the Marine jughead from the, the Marine base up the road yeah, who is volunteering and yelling at a bunch of nerds like is not helping. Um, especially when you have, uh, you know, a couple hundred of them trying to be the first into a conf- uh, a, a room for a panel and, the line is not orderly in any way, shape or form. There is sometimes no line. I remember the last time I went and I was trying to get into a panel and the line was, you know, people typically will form a line on their own and it'll be fine. But then you get the volunteer who comes along and doesn't know what's going on trying to fix something. And I was in, I was in the, this, this line for a panel and, one of the volunteers came up and he just stood there and he was like looking at this mob of people, which was a line, but he's like, Oh, okay, everyone, I need you to just turn around. And it's just like, wait, what? And he was like, just turn, you're all facing the wrong way. Turn around. And then I stopped him. And I said, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but if everybody turns around, the person who is behind them is now the person in front of them. And you're <laughs> going to have a lot of angry people. Yeah. Who have been here for an hour because you are now going to let the last of the line in first. Yeah. yeah. And he did not care. And needless to say, it was once they opened the door, it was a <laughs> yeah. stampede and it was you, not even. You should have you should have prefaced that differently. You should have said, I am here to tell you how to do your job. <laughs> I well, work at I, Disneyland. Right. I know a thing or two about orderly lines. You're about work, to cause chaos. I work in an industry with lines. Just going to let you know. Yeah. This isn't going to end well for you or anybody else. 
Um, but yeah, nobody ever listens to me when I speak. So that was one of the last times I went to Comic-Con because it was just like, and in this day and age of technology where I can go online and book a, a, a seat in a movie theater, mm-hmm. you know, at any point I should be able to book a seat in a panel at these conventions and, and not have to worry about yeah. a fight. Celebration has figured this out and the big panels are they are meant to be uh basically pre-registered right um right and uh, i yeah i mean like i was really looking forward to that in fact for the first time at a star wars celebration i bought tickets uh, at all of the past celebrations we've gone as media um which is to say that we have gone as guests of of uh, Reed Pop and Lucasfilm, basically, um, they're courteous enough to say, "Yeah, you guys can come in for free because you're going to talk about it on a podcast that, like, maybe a couple thousand people listen to." Sure, whatever. Um, they do, but like, they don't need to be that generous with us. We don't deserve it, but I'm grateful <laughs> that we've gotten it in the past, um, and I expect that we'll get media credentials this time as well. But um, what I saw at the last celebration in Chicago. Um, not not personally because I wasn't there, but but what I what I heard anecdotally was none of my media friends, none of my my podcast buddies, got into any of the big panels with the app. They had the ability to register for them, but none of them got picked in the lottery, which tells me that the media is like last in line, right? Mm-hmm. Because you didn't pay to be there, right? And right? that's a great way to look at it, and that's the way it should be, and, <laughs> and exactly. And and I think that I think that a lot of the the guys. Uh, uh, I say guys as a as a gender neutral term. A lot of the folks who who get media passes probably be frustrated by that fact. But this the simple fact is that like, but that guy over there that has a Jedi Knight VIP pass, he paid five hundred dollars to be here, and you're paying nothing. Or or just so the, that guy the actually guy like like who- that guy does deserve first like priority right. seating because he paid $500 to be here. You didn't right. pay to be here. Right? right. And then the guy who paid a hundred dollars to be here goes after him. Like that's that, that is a, that is a perfectly logical thing. It's not, it's not about like, Oh, you know, uh, read pop is just trying to make a buck. It's like, yes, they are. They, it's a, this is a business. <laughs> They're not doing this out of the goodness of their hearts. We're very lucky that Mary Franklin, who uh, basically runs star Wars celebration, um, that that she cares that she loves Star Wars is a huge Star Wars fan. Um, and came out of Lucasfilm and now works for Reed Pop, I think. Um, uh, and and does care about our experience, and that's what makes Celebration better than Comic Con. It makes it better than than um, I I I I would say even like better than Penny Arcade Expo, which is another Reed Pop one, but that that's sort of like on 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 a similar level, but like. Star Wars Celebration is the best con because the people who are running it really care and it and it shows in the content of the panels it shows in in the 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 attempts at organization um but yeah man I uh, convention employees uh and then I uh, uh volunteers just they always get in the way they always get in the way of a good con experience it's awful but and then on top of that, you have the actual attendees that everybody thinks they're the most important person at a convention, yeah. right? And it's it's yeah. uh, it's sort of the lack of cooperation. But that 
that kind of brings up the point for me. And this is what I've said on, on rebel cells talking with, with cranky. I like, can you even fathom being in, in that environment right now? Yeah. No, 40,000 people. I don't at a con. Yeah. Con. No, like, Like, I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. Con flu is a, is a term. Right. (laughs) And it's like, and it's because, Look, like I'm gonna go to a convention and I'm gonna be my normal, uh, relatively clean self, right? I don't consider myself a messy or dirty person. Um, disorganized it from time to time, but but uh, but but you know, like I wash my hands on a regular basis. I bathe on a regular basis. Not everybody at a convention holds the same ideals about personal cleanliness that that I do certainly. And that, uh, that many people do, there are a few bad apples that spoil the whole bunch. And in this circumstance, that's deadly, right? Like there's no, there's no way to, to sort of blunt that, that point anymore. Um, it would just take one, one sick person in one of the panels and it would just be done. Yeah. Yeah. It, It would, it would just spread like wildfire. So, um, yeah, if we want to make sure that the, the the curve flattens and that this thing dissipates as much as possible and stays down for as long as possible, luxuries like Star Wars Celebration just need to not happen. And here's the thing. You and I were talking about this on, on by text earlier today. It's coming. It's the, the announcement is coming probably within the next week or two that Celebration is being postponed. Um, there's no way that they're going to that they're going to hold this convention because they're I don't think that they can confidently do it and expect the same numbers as past cons right and they've been planning for a 40 to 60,000 attendee convention and and it's and it's not going to happen even if they said that it was going forward there are a lot of people that would be at a star wars convention that i uh, that that will choose not to go they've got young families they have they take care of elderly family members um that they are in an essential uh uh, uh job and can't they're not going to be able to take the time off that they wanted to take off uh, or they're immunocompromised themselves and don't want to put themselves at, at unnecessary risk. Right. That's a larger segment of that 40 to 60,000 people, person at attendance than I think a lot of people realize Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of those, those reasons for not attending are invisible. Like, like a person that looks like anybody else could have any one of those problems. Um, so when we go to a con and we see everybody there, it's like, well, everybody here is just like me. No, they're not like, like some people have other things that they have to consider. And it's going to be a lot more people than I think people realize. So I would say that, that, that 40,000 number, which is generally what, what you expect this star Wars celebration is going to be down. Probably like I would, I wouldn't be surprised if that number is cut in half. That's a total like gut instinct that I have. But like in terms of people who like are outside of the country, can't travel, like let's say you're in Europe, I don't think that Europe's going to be able to travel to North America anytime soon. Yeah, there's certainly a big, not a in August. Big groups that we we've seen before yeah. and at other cons with from England and big yeah. groups from Australia. I mean, I know I've run into them. 
So well, yeah, well, I mean, like I, we've I have listeners from from front lines and rebel cells that come from both of those regions, both the the UK and from Australia, and they would probably not be able to travel. Um, sure. Even me in Canada, I don't know that the border will be open for me to come down in August, right? Yeah. Even if if everything else has kind of settled a little bit and we're all able to kind of go back to to some semblance of normalcy, I like those borders are going to be closed until until COVID nineteen is manageable, right? Like until we have those treatments or we have the vaccine. Those are those are the two scenarios, because. Um, I think even like within populations, it's like in in BC, our numbers are are still very low compared to other places. Certainly compared to the rest of Canada. Um, even when you look at it like per one million people, like if you break it down to sort of the sort of per capita type of of statistics, it's still very low for us. Which means that the risk out there isn't as high, right? There is still a risk though. So like. Like people, people are going to be able to, I think, go back to some sort of normalcy uh, soon. But but it's going to be normalcy with a lot of caveats, right? Like there's going to be a lot of asterisks on what normal means. Um, and I I even if we've got it controlled here, the second that you open the border back up, and I uh, and and the flow of traffic between here and the United States. I I increases and like, geez, man, international, like intercontinental, um, borders between like here in Asia and here in, and Europe, like you're just, you're talking about what got us into this situation in the first place. Right. Mm. Um, so I just don't think that that stuff's going to be a reality. And so if you, if you cut it down to just the people who are comfortable attending and, um, don't have to worry about a travel restriction and can actually physically get there. I think you're talking about 20,000 people. Like, and I think that that's optimistic. I think that that's hopeful. And, so, and I think, I think one other point to that and probably the final point to that is, is that like, are the, are the people we're going to want to see even going to be there? Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't think they would be, I mean, I know a handful of people from Lucasfilm and, they are on work from home, you know, they're all not out doing anything either. So I don't think yeah. that, you know, I don't know that Dave Filoni or Matt Martin or Leland Chi or any of the actors are going to want to come yeah. to this convention. Like, yeah, I, th- I don't think they're going to be there. Like the risk is high for them as well. Like, yeah, this is their profession, but at the same time, you know, they, they have, to be safe as well. Well, it it doesn't discriminate, right? And we know that because right. at the at the very early uh, stages of 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 this concern, like I think that one of the biggest red flags, like you you like you said, when Disneyland closes, we know this is serious. But it's like we know this is real because Tom Hanks got it, <laughs> right? <laughs> if Tom Hanks, America's sweetheart, I I can get COVID nineteen, anyone can. Um, it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care how, how wonderful a human being you are or how talented you are or how poor you are or, uh, how despicable you are. Uh, it, 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 it doesn't matter. It's just, it affects everybody the same. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I shouldn't say that. Some people are 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 not as um, adversely affected by by getting coronavirus as others, but but uh, but the 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 potential of you getting it is exactly the same, which means that your potential of spreading it is is exactly the same. Mm. So, yeah, I it I don't think it's happening. <laughs> I think that I've prepared myself mentally and emotionally, and now I'm almost at the point where like if it is going to happen, um, if they don't cancel it. And I am able to travel there. It's it's a like I don't I don't think I want to. Right. Um, as much as I no. want to be at Star Wars Celebration because it is like coming home, right? Um, and it's one of the it's it's one of the best experiences. Uh, I, like the times that I've been to Celebration are some of the best experiences of my life. This would be the first one with with the girls, and that was that's a big deal. <clears throat> um, something that we were really looking forward to. And our families but, were going to spend a week together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now it's like I don't want my grubby kids coming in contact with your grubby kids. Right. Like, <laughs> right. like, like I don't want them licking their hands and touching each other. Right. On either side of that equation. <laughs> and when you're at Disneyland, there's a lot of licking your hands, whether you want to or uh, not. There's a lot of licking that railing, licking that <laughs> oh, window, oh, licking God. that table, licking your hands. Yeah. And it's just like, stop doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Celebration, I think, is just going to be a no-go. That I think that I think that they're going to announce it within the next couple of weeks. They're just trying to figure out when is it going to happen. Right. And my my bet is for is for spring, early spring of next year. Um, and uh, uh, it'll be a slightly different convention than what they were originally planning. And, and I think Disney and Lucasfilm are going to have to figure out another way to announce some of the things that they were going to announce. Because I think that we were probably going to get the titles for um, for the Cassian Andor series and Kenobi, um, which are we just call them by the name of the main characters right now. Right. Um, Kenobi will probably end up being called Kenobi. I don't think that that's a stretch, but I don't think we're going to call the other show Cassian Andor um, as much as like the Mandalorian works and Kenobi would work. I don't think that I don't think the average person knows who Cass, Cassian Andor is. Um, no. I think that that's a very like uh, Star Wars fan thing. If you were then like the, you know, the guy, the guy from Rogue One, people would be like, oh, that guy. Uh, or if you it, you would have more success calling that show Diego Star Wars Diego Luna than calling right. it Star Wars Cassian Andor because I think more people least... know it's like oh Diego Luna in Rogue One that's right. what you're talking about than if I said Cassian. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean like well, it, they'll, that, they'll come up with some stuff. cool Star Wars name for it, but right. But all that stuff's been pushed back, so they may not have information to give at this point. And also. that's the other thing is that the productions are all kind of on hold and 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 in these holding patterns. So, um, yeah, I, I. But the animated series, I think, was going to be the whatever is coming next from Lucasfilm Animation since they finished Star Wars Resistance. Um, they haven't announced anything. It's all just rumor and speculation at this point. But if you think that they're not working on another show, you're not paying attention, because uh, right. uh, they they. Yeah, the resistance got cut short because they decided to pivot because nobody liked resistance. Um, I shouldn't say and nobody everybody liked. wanted the Ezra show. 
<laughs> everybody it, it, there were a lot of people not watching star wars resistance i'll put it that way um and and i don't mean that like that's different than saying i uh, it didn't have as many viewers no there were a lot of people actively choosing not to watch that show um and and it, i think just because of what it was it wasn't it, they it was a misfire uh, not because it's a bad show it's a very well-made show but because it's not what the audience that was tuning into clone wars and rebels was tuning into those shows for even rebels went a little bit far afield and and as you can see with clone wars coming back right now it's like no like whatever you guys do next it's got to be way more in the vein of clone wars um if you want it to have the mass appeal that clone wars had um but uh, anyways, that's like a whole other conversation for a different time. I was gonna, I was gonna say real quick and, and as as quick as our conversations go, but yeah, um, I'm sure I think you and Amanda have talked about it, but how animation is becoming a popular medium now for um, development. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen um, even Netflix and Disney have posted on Twitter that they're looking for animators of, and anyone who can work in animation, storytellers, writers, whatever. Those those job postings are going up all over online. I'm curious if we're going to get lucky out of this and get a second. Well, they're obviously going to tell us there's a new animated series, yeah. but maybe even a second or third, because obviously they can't work on the live action stuff for the foreseeable future. Yeah. But they can start working on these animated shows, get these in development early and maybe we'll maybe we will get some extra animation stuff because, you know. I wouldn't, Animation I, is the best. Yeah, I wouldn't Lucasfilm. be surprised if we found out that Galaxy of Adventures was getting like an actual season of 30-minute episodes. Um, mm. uh, and that maybe we would get some new stories. Like like not just what we've gotten thus far is basically rehashes of existing storytelling from Star Wars. Um, yeah. And a lot of like little sort of vignette uh, pieces and uh, montages and whatnot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that like actually... Galaxy of Adventures season three is going to be 20 minute or maybe even 15 minute episodes as opposed to like the current like three to five minute episodes that they're doing. Um, and they're going to have actual stories and there will be new dialogue and that sort of thing, because I'll, I would bet they um, like, let's say that it focuses on sequel trilogy characters i will bet you anything that daisy ridley oscar isaac and john boyega are like yeah i could use a little like like they're i'm sure they're doing fine for money at the moment they've Mm -hmm. they've made a lot of money off of them star wars movies and whatever else they've they've got in the hopper um but i'm sure that 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 there are a lot of performers uh that are looking at this and going like when can i get back to work because my house is very expensive (laughs) How many how many animated voiceovers can I do? Yeah, <laughs> um, and I think when you've got a guy like Ben Schwartz who is every blue character in animation, um, <laughs> and he's like, "I'm fine. <laughs> I have no problem with this. I'm continuing to work. I've ordered a bunch of stuff, and it's in my house now, and I have a recording studio." Um, although I'm sure Ben Schwartz probably already does. He is currently like my favorite actor. Uh, at the moment because he's just such a delightful human being and he's also uh he's a ninja turtle he's a uh one of the the uh the ducktales triplets he's sonic the hedgehog he's a million characters um all right but uh 
yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised to to discover that like, hey, we're actually gonna do some stuff that uh, that's a little bit more star studded and a little bit crazier than we would have done otherwise. Um, I mean, I'm just fine with Sam Witwer just doing Darth Maul all the time. Like, <laughs> just the Darth Maul Chronicles. Like, what <laughs> what was he up to between? Clone Wars and Rebels when he was uh, actually I we should say between Solo and Rebels because something happens between Solo and Rebels where I uh, something goes wrong in there. Perfect animated. Give me Solo the animated series. Love it. Oh Want my it. god. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you just said those words and now nothing else will satisfy. Because if you can get Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover, although Donald Glover like Lando can't come back into the story. But because uh, because it's it's got to be the last time that they saw each other because because that's the that's the established lore. Don't mess with that. But you get you get Alden Ehrenreich, you get uh, uh, Sam Witwer, you get uh, 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 what's her face Daenerys, uh, Amelia Clark, Amelia Clark, yeah, and uh, and and a handful of others in there, and you start you start weaving that story. Oh my god, yeah, that would be so good. You get Tamara Morrison coming in doing some Boba Fett. I'm going to go to Twitter right now and just start tagging everybody. <laughs> yeah. I was saying make solo two happen. Cause like that hashtag, which is one of the greatest hashtags on Twitter, uh, on the internet in general. Um, I, I was saying like Disney plus series for sure. Like right, live action Disney sure. plus series. But now that we're itself. in the situation that we're in Disney plus animated series all the way, all the yeah. way. Like let's make that a reality. Um, just change the hashtag make solo two animated series happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, that would be so good. The story of like Han and Jabba and, and, and all that stuff. Whew. And it writes itself, man. It's already, it's there. It's right in front of you. It's just, it's a, it's a ripe fruit just waiting to be plucked. Um, let's talk about, uh, let's shift in animation. Talk about, talk about Bluey. Let's talk about this TV show that we both <laughs> uh, love in an inappropriate that fashion, both, I think. We we talk about this show, I think, more now than we do about Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> you and I. <laughs> well, you know, Star Wars conversations, because the newer side, I mean, like, other than talking about Clone Wars, if it gets into Rise of Skywalker, it just gets kind of, it, ju- it just kind of becomes a bummer. But I, I, yeah, I we gotta have something else to talk about every once in a while. And our kids are obsessed with this TV show, Bluey. Um, but, uh, but, but come on, we, you and I are both feeding that obsession with our kids, right? Oh, at this point. Yes. Um, you know, I, they started watching it and I was just listening to it in the background. You know, I'd be on my phone, probably talking to you. Um, but then like one day I just kind of like, stopped and looked at it and i was like wow this is actually a really beautifully animated show like typically the stuff on like nick jr and disney jr it's that terrible like 3d like logo and i don't want to knock anybody for for creating content whatever you know creating content's great i don't want to knock any artist out there but that same humdrum kind of 3d animation that you see in kids cartoons now, especially on the Disney junior and the Nick junior show where it's just kind of that super repetitive, like, you know, just story over and over again. Um, you know, I don't puppy dog pals and Peppa pig and, you know, 
even even the Rocketeer, which was I had high hopes for, was just really kind of rough to watch. Um, but then, like, I just happened to notice, like, this is a really beautifully animated, like, cartoon. Like, it's really colorful. It's really great. And then once I started diving into it, I mean, like, there's some deep level, like, messages in there, you know, for parents. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm, sure, I'm sure as a father, you've seen it, you know, Bandit, I, you know, is... Some of those episodes, like you and I talked about, like I messaged you about the, the episode about work yeah. um, the other day where he he gets, I mean, it's not real. It's not real that he gets fired, but he, he's playing imaginary game with Bluey and Bluey's his boss and Bluey fires him. And he's sitting on the curb and having this existential crisis. Meanwhile, I'm getting a message over the phone that I'm being furloughed, having the exact same existential crisis yeah. as I'm watching it. And I'm going the show is way too real yeah. and, and on, and on many levels, like it's, it doesn't pull any punches. Like it's very real about like it's humor and humor about being a parent and humor, the things that kids get, you know, if I'm sure you saw it on my Instagram or Facebook um, story, the kids were watching it and there's the part where it's the copycat episode and, yeah. and they're, Doing and the dad are walking down the street and the dad starts smacking his butt. Of course, my kids who who like love anything that's farts or spanking or whatever, yeah. you know, go wild because they think it's the craziest, funniest thing ever. You know, like it's just there's so many good moments in that show and it's it's what what sad what has saddened me lately is the second season had just started airing, um, I think last week in Australia. Yeah. Like, we won't see it for a while, probably. That's the number one sad thing. But these shows, as great as that show is, probably won't last that long. Like, nothing nothing is SpongeBob SquarePants, right? Nothing is going to last Yeah. 12... What, how long has SpongeBob been on? Like, 12, 15 years now? Oh, my God. Um, it's ridiculous. Like, and nothing... No shows last that long, especially Disney products. They don't... They, they have a turnover rate of about two, if you're lucky, three years. Yeah. You know, if you get past that, like it's it's surprising for a Disney show because they know that their demographic ages out. But I mean, this show got an international Emmy for for best animated show or something. Um, it's it's so good. And I I don't know if you've been kind of re- I, I've been reading stuff about the second season on Twitter, but there's apparently an episode called Sleepy Time. That's another one of the because they had the the dream state one from the first season called Fruit Bats, where it's like, yeah, uh, Bluey's dreaming about being a fruit bat. But apparently in the second season, this one's about bingo. And and I didn't get the whole premise, but I think she's like going through interstellar space. (laughs) But but like people on Twitter were talking about how emotional it was, like it's a super emotional episode and just getting like these are adults talking about this Disney Junior show about how emotional it is. And it's. It's a it's an incredible show. Um, my favorite episode is camping, um, where I knew you were going to say that <laughs> they go they go to a campground, and uh, and it's just kind of, it's all kind of from Louie's perspective. She's the main character, so uh, oftentimes it is, but sometimes it'll it'll kind of focus on the family. But this is very much like centered on her, and she meets this other kid, this this boy, at the they're all dogs, but uh, a boy dog. Uh, at this, uh, uh, we haven't really explained what it is, but uh, I hopefully you guys are like Googling this and seeing pictures and stuff like that. So you have a little bit of context or just like bring it up on Disney Plus. Everybody's got Disney Plus. Just check it out. Um, but she she makes friends with this other with this other kid and he uh, speaks French, doesn't speak English. 
and the two of them kind of like find a way of communicating um and that's that's kind of what the episode is about but but there's this disconnect because bluey can't understand him um and the episode ends with i i they've kind of had this routine of like every morning they get up, they meet at this little tree that they planted the first day that they met, they took a seed and they planted it in the ground and they meet there and, and then they go, okay, let's go do our thing. And, uh, I, the last night bluey is like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow morning. And he's, and he says in French, basically like, Oh, I'm leaving tomorrow. This is goodbye. Right. And, she doesn't understand at all. Uh, she doesn't even like pick up the tone, but he's sad because he knows what she's saying, but she, she doesn't know what he's saying. He, they leave and then like Bluey goes to look for him and, and is like, doesn't find him at his tent and goes back and his, her mom's like, oh yeah, they left this morning and you go, okay, well that's the end of the episode, right? It's like, no. And then we cut to the tree, like to this, to this little, uh, sprout that has like sprouted out on the last day um, and we just see this time lapse of the tree growing and uh, and everything kind of happening around it at this campground and then we and then it stops presumably like what like probably like six or seven years later or something like that um, and, and well I mean, I mean if you're thinking about in dog human years. time <laughs> yeah. in dog years versus human time I think in human time she's she, not to spoil it where you were going with yeah. it, but I think they come back and they're adults or I think or she's a teenager at least later, later in teenage years. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would say probably like 16, 17, but there's yeah. a significant amount of time that has passed where they're now. Yeah. Rediscovering each other. Yeah. At this and place. yeah. Bluey goes and she sits down under this tree that they planted at, with a book and she's going to read a book. And it's, what's the, what's the other dog's name? Is it Jean-Luc? Uh, it's John Luke. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He walks up and he's just says, he's, he says, hi, Bluey. And, and it's just, and that's where the episode ends. And it's just like, and the music is so good. I think that is the biggest thing. The animation is great. Um, the voice performances are all great and the writing is top notch, but the thing that sends this show over the edge, um, in the same way that a lot of the stuff that we love does, it's the music. The, mm-hmm. the score for this show is unbelievable. Um, it's so, so well done. And, and on occasion, they'll just use um, like a classical music, uh, like sort of like, like uh, I, I don't know, classical music, but like, like actual like classical music. Right. And, but right. they'll kind of do it with this more upbeat sort of, sort of vibe. My second favorite episode is the one where, where um, I, they, they all have to try harder. I I where Bluey gives up on on riding her bike. Oh, the park, yes, the park, it's, and it's... and uh, and she's like all frustrated, <laughs> and she goes and sits down next to Bandit, and Bandit's like, like he's like, well, if you give up, you give up. Like he's, I love his parenting style. It's so similar, I think, to you and I. I think that's one of the reasons yeah. why we vibe with him, because he's very much like like okay, if you want to give up, you give up, but that means you're never gonna learn to ride your bike. Like I don't know what to tell you, kid. Uh, but I'm just gonna sit here on the bench and watch, like, make sure that you guys aren't dead. Uh, so I uh, come sit next to me if that's what uh, you want to do. Um, and an, and, yeah, and they ahead. watch all the other kids, and and it's it's um, 
what is it? It's like the William Tell Overture or something like that, right? <laughs> or it's like it's building and building and like like that song builds and builds and builds. But it's like this really kind of like poppy, uh, upbeat version of that um, that's like really fun and exciting and has all this energy to it as these kids these three kids that they're watching um, overcome obstacles that they've encountered. And, uh, and it's so, it's so good. And I don't think it would be there without the music. Like that's right. just, it's, it's such an important part of it. Well, that music builds that whole story because as, yeah, like you said, they're, they're trying to figure out the, like muffins trying to figure out how to put a backpack on <laughs> and bingo's trying to figure out how to like get a sip of water out of the drinking fountain and, whatever the little pug the little pug dog's name yeah. is he's trying to do the the monkey bars but he can't reach the monkey bars because he's too short which is a real thing because if you have young kids toddlers like you you and i do yeah and you go to the park they can't they do that same thing they like i can't reach the monkey bars and it's just like like it's it's and it's, it's, it's exactly the same thing because like Kara will be like, I want to do the monkey bars and you'll take her over there and you'll like lift her up and put her hands on the monkey bars and just hangs there. And then she just hangs there and goes, I'd like to get down now, <laughs> which is exactly what happens. This kid finally manages to climb up the thing and, and, and grab onto the monkey bar. And then it's just like, I'd like to get down now. It's well, you so talk good. A, you talk about bandit and there's the other episode where they're at the park. I think it's called the Creek. Because Bandit, yeah. he's just laying on the slide, just like watching them play. And there's yeah. the line, the line down the slide because he's just laying on it. And then they're like, we're bored. And he's like, well, let's go down to the creek. Yeah. And it was just like those funny things. Like, oh. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that he does where it's like he I, I, one of the things that I really love about the show, as because we do love that character Bandit um, because he's relatable as a, as a dad. Um He's a good dad, which is one of the great parts of it. But he's Definitely not better a, than I am. But he's not. He's a. He's got so much more patience than either of us do. So much more patience. <laughs> I would have screamed at those kids so much. Oh my god! Like seriously. Um. No. Like the, some of the like like no. For the last time, we are not playing that game today. Right. <laughs> right. I got stuff to do. Um. But he often uses them as an excuse to not do what he needs to do i uh, but i uh, i he's he's around more than the mom and and yeah. like it's it that's a very interesting um element to the show is that uh, i think in a lot of instances in a show like this you would have the the mom in the primary caretaker role um but it's it's, and you and I did some sleuthing. We did some research to figure out what they do for a living because it was bothering us. This is how much Matt and I love this show and talk about it is that we were talking. And it was like, what do they do? Like, their house is so nice because um, that's what we're concerned about when watching it. Uh, he's an archaeologist and she works security at the airport. So she's often gone working and he works from home a lot. So he's like, there's a lot of stories where he's like, where he's like, I, you guys, I got to get back to work. And that's super relatable for me in general because I work from home on a regular basis. Um, and I'm sure like for you in that month that you were kind of uh, working but not working. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's super relatable, right? Um, and I, I – but it's just nice to see I think for a change a TV show – 
now with a dad who's not a complete dunce, right? Like that, like that Homer Simpson effect in the late nineties mm-hmm. where like every dad has to be a hapless idiot with a heart of gold. And it's like, that's not, that's not every dad. Right. And you get to the point where it's like, like mm-hmm. people will say stuff and you and I have had this conversation on multiple occasions. People will say stuff about like, Oh yeah, well, but I'm sure that you don't have to deal with any of that. And it's like, um, no, it's a, this is a 50, 50 house that I live in. Like, if anything, because of Crystal's schedule and the way that her job works, um, when things are normal, um, I I th- I think that I end up actually taking on more of the responsibilities around the house specifically, because she she'll work nights and stuff like that, um, like not overnight, but like in the evenings and that sort of thing. So it's like like bedtime and that sort of stuff. Like most when crystal was working full time before, before, uh, Cassie came, I uh, I was doing bedtime most nights with Kara. Right. Like, and that's, that's like the way that things are in our house, but, and it's different for everybody. But I think that a lot of people see stuff on TV and they assume that that's the way that it is. So it was just really refreshing when I started getting into the show to see like, Oh, actually like the dad is the one who's around most of the time and like it Mm -hmm. often seems like mom is kind of like coming and going um yeah and and but like he's kind of there most of the time uh and i like i just thought that that was a really great aspect to it um uh, a because it's super relatable for me but b because it also just it gives kids a different perspective of like I think most kids that age that watch this show, because it is a show for preschoolers, um, I think most of them are very clingy to mom, right? Like that's just a general, it's just a phase, a a developmental phase that kids go through. Um, So I think this show being very conscious of like, yeah, but dad's fun, (laughs) you know, like dad's the one who will get on the ground and pretend to be a gorilla for you right and uh i like he just it's so aspirational because of how much he commits to the game that they'll play right right? and like that's where i said like like he's a he's a much better dad than me because i am not that committed you get me for maybe five minutes um my kids before i'm like no i'm done my kids actually said to me one day they're like how come how come you don't play with us like Bluey's dad plays with them. And I said, hold on. <laughs> yeah. He is a cartoon character, but he is also a much better dad than me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he's not nearly as tired as I am. That's why. Right. I'm also, this was, I think this was about maybe like second or third week from work from home. And I was just like, listen, like I understand I am home, but like, I still have all these expectations. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, it's uh, I don't know. It it it's just like every aspect of the show seems to be firing on all cylinders. It's just a really really well put together uh, a piece of of animated content. Like uh, I can't I can't kind of speak highly enough of it. Like I like there's the one season. It's 18 episodes, maybe 17 episodes, and within that there are three stories in each episode. Sort it's of maybe three. 20 episodes for three mini episodes in the, you know, yeah. the way it's set up. 
And I mean, and there's a couple episodes towards the end of the season that actually recycle some of the previous episodes. Well, I think I think it was a the Christmas special because it's got the Christmas veranda or Santa veranda or veranda Santa veranda Santa, and then it's got and then it's got Mount Mum and Dad and then Asparagus. Yeah, those three episodes, and then the season finale episode has a different first episode, but uh, Mount Mum and Dad and Asparagus, I think, close it out again. So. Yes. So when you I mean, when you make it to the end, you're like, I am really tired of Mount Mom and Dad and Asparagus. Uh, right. So those are probably my least favorite episodes. Right. But but we've been through the season probably like since since lockdown started, probably about four or five times. But I will still find myself like zoning in on the show when and I'm watching it. With finding her. funny like, things. Excuse me. Because yeah, or finding something going on. Like there's always a random character, a random kid character, like doing something in the background that just yeah. will make you laugh. You know, yeah. Muffin's always doing something stupid or Bingo's always doing something stupid. God, Muffin like... is such a great character. I love Muffin. I, I had, I had, I have to point out one thing. I had one issue with the show. There's at one point because I was confused because at one point Muffin has a little brother or sister, a, a sibling socks, but socks. But at one point they're playing a game and you don't know that it's a game necessarily, but socks has a collar and a leash on. And I was like, are there dogs in this world of dogs? Yeah. And I was like, that's really confusing. And then when I like did some research, it's like, yeah, it's a sibling. And I'm like, that's really weird because she, in, in an episode, she socks has a collar and a leash on and Bluey's walking her. And I'm yeah. like, this is weird, but like other than that, like I mean, well, and so- socks always walks on all fours, but that's because if you're paying attention, uh, <laughs> you gotta pay real close attention on this show <laughs> for preschoolers. Uh, socks is only a year old. Yeah, socks is a baby. Yeah, so so socks behaves differently from the others. Doesn't doesn't socks has like maybe three or four words. Uh, I would say and acts talk, like a dog. Apparently. Like, yeah. like she, she, she doesn't act like she doesn't behave like everybody else who behave like humans. Although at the same time, it's unlike, let's say anthropomorphic, uh, animals like, like, uh, the fab five of, uh, uh, you know, like goofy is never going to get on the carpet and rub his butt on it. But there's the episode, <laughs> there's the episode about the, about bingo being sick. And uh, <laughs> get the, it's so good. I can't even like say it out loud without laughing because it's so funny. They get to the part where it's like, oh, he's got to find uh, Bluey has to find somebody who hasn't been sick, and so she goes to to the, her dad and is like, oh, I, I need you. It's this is gonna sound really weird. I need your purple pants, but only if you haven't been sick. And he goes, he looks right into the camera because they they're making a video, and uh, and he goes, oh no. I've had ringworm or I've had bumworms. I've had bumworms. Bum which worms. is a thing that dogs get. That's not a that's not a regular ailment. Um, that's a specifically a dog thing. And then he scratches his butt afterwards, and we see him like. And it's not the only time in the series where I think we see him scratching his butt like that. And it's he's actually like he has bumworms because he's a dog. So there are things that they do every once in a while. That episode, the the one at the park where where Bingo is trying to get water out of the drinking fountain, her solution is to push the button and wait for it to overflow and all of the water to fall onto the ground. 
And then when that happens, she goes over. Her triumphant moment is that she goes over and she drinks the water off the ground. Um, and Bandit has the great reaction of, like, less than ideal, but good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I always say to Kara when we're watching that episode, I go, now, okay, listen, don't drink water off the ground. It's okay for Bingo because she's a dog. <laughs> and Carl go, okay, yeah, it's okay. She's a dog. I don't drink water off the ground. I'm like, yes, thank you. Um, yeah, anyways, we've talked about Bluey for almost half an hour. Um, and everything else for uh, almost two hours. Yeah, I, it's getting late. We've a ac- mission accomplished, I think. Um, I think so. I thank you, Matt, for being on. Uh, I greatly appreciate it, but obviously this was just an excuse for us to talk, right? It uh, was, yeah. I, I awesome. Um, well, I hope that hope that I get down to get down there to see you sooner rather than later. But, uh, but uh, it's looking later than sooner. But. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, but um, but let's do another one of these and talk about some Star Wars once Clone Wars is over. Um, for sure. Uh, so we'll figure that out. But uh, uh, that is it for this episode of the Quarantine Zone. Thank you for listening. Of course, uh, if you uh, if you like what you heard, you can. Uh, oh, you know, I didn't do like any of this stuff. I haven't said any of the things. <laughs> this, this is a Thunderquack podcast. This is part of the Thunderquack podcast network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in our network. Uh, and if you like what you hear, you can support us in three ways. First. In whatever podcast service you're listening to this on, uh, go and give us a rating, a, a like, a, a review, a, 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 a thumbsy upsies or whatever it is and whatever app. There are like 10,000 podcast services. Have you noticed this? It's like every yes. week there's another app to download your podcast with. How can they possibly be better than one another? I don't understand it, but whatever. Uh, wh- whichever one you like to use, just make sure that people know that you like the podcast because it'll help. it'll help other people, new people find the podcast. Uh, and we appreciate that. The other ways are by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merchandise. Uh, and uh, uh, last but not least, by heading to patreon.com uh, slash thunderquack, where you can kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get some cool rewards. For instance, you can get the Thunderquack podcast early. You can get it ad-free. You can get the uncut version, which usually has about an extra half an hour on it. Um or if you're a really cool person, you get that stuff, but then also get a Patreon producer shout out like uh, Brian Murowski and uh, and J- uh, Jason Samuel do uh, every Ooh. week on the podcast, and like they just did now. So uh, I yeah, I go check that out. Patreon.com/slash/thunderquack. Thank you to everybody who does support us. Um, but as I've said on other podcasts recently, uh, that shouldn't be the first thing that you're spending your disposable income on right now. There are a lot of really important causes that need help food banks. Um, there are, uh, COVID-19 relief, uh, uh, organizations that need money. Um, so definitely go give a couple bucks to them first. And then if you've got a dollar left over, you can come throw that at us, but certainly don't feel like you need to prioritize supporting us on Patreon. Um, and, uh, actually one of the things that I'll say is, is, I uh, uh, there are a lot of places that would normally have people walking through the doors, places similar to a Disneyland, but that are a little bit more of a non-for-profit, um, uh, a lot of scientific, 
uh, and educational institutions uh, that that need help right now. Um, in Vancouver here, uh, the Vancouver Aquarium is in danger of shutting down permanently. And uh, we've got a, a, a place called Science World, which is like our local science center uh, that is also in danger of shutting down permanently. Places like that need help right now um, because they don't have people coming in through their doors. So if you can afford to, I would say donate to those as well um, because we want those things when life gets back to normal. Um, it's like, like, Hey, I got to have a place to take my kids for a, an afternoon where they can burn off some energy and learn something hopefully in the process. And, and see like, like these places, especially like aquariums and some zoos are doing important research, scientific research. Uh, and, and, uh, in the instance of Vancouver Aquarium, they do marine mammal rescue, um, and they pay for that with the, basically the money from the aquarium. I, I, and so there are a lot of places like that. I'm sure wherever you are right now listening to this, there is a, a, a an institution somewhere nearby that needs your help um, to, to stay afloat at the moment. So along with your uh, uh, ordering out and, uh, and, and supporting local uh, restaurants and small businesses, make sure that you're paying attention to those not non-for-profits that, uh, that rely on donations and, and uh, ticket, uh, ticket admission uh, revenue um, because they're really hurting because they're kind of getting overshadowed by a lot of other stuff. Kind of a bummer to go out on, but I, I, it's an important thing, so I just want to make sure that I brought that up. I again, thank you, Matt, for coming on. We'll have you on again before all of this yeah. is over because it's I mean, not going away anytime soon. I'm I'm uh, I'm being bandit for the foreseeable future. <laughs> there you go. I <laughs> hopefully we'll all be better dads by the end of this. But uh, moms don't need to worry about it because moms are already better than we are in right. almost every instance. It's very frustrating. I don't know why it's so much more work for us. But uh, anyways, I thank you for being on. Thank you guys for listening. And we will catch you on the next Quarantine Zone. Yeah, make sure you wash your hands. (laughs) 